Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And how's everybody doing out there? Big Dave and Joe, another edition of Poker Action Line. Looking forward to a fun show as the World Series of Poker main event is underway. Uh, and a very bizarre situation out there as far as the stacking of the days. They started off, they were going to have four opening uh, sessions. Uh, they added two more, though, because of uh, a decision to try to welcome some more international travelers into town and get them into the tournament. Uh, throughout most of the series, Joe, the uh, and we kind of expected it, the numbers have been down about a third, maybe around 30% or so. Uh, we're trying to wait and see what's going to come out of this tournament. I can tell you right now that uh, right at this second, there's been about 5,100 players, 5,100 entries, and still uh, the they're pretty early on day 1E. They still have 1F tomorrow. Uh, but they've continued the action. Uh, day two is also playing at the same time as day one E. So they don't even know how many players are in the tournament. They're already moving on to day two for the people who started early. So today, um, day two for um, uh, section A, B, and D. And then tomorrow will be uh, the final day, AF and um, 1F. And then they will play uh, C, E, and F will play their day two. So uh, right now, it uh, looks like it's going to be down a little bit. Last year was about 8,500 players, so I don't think they're going to make that. But I think they're going to be a little bit better than uh, down a third because there are a lot of people coming in late. Uh, they really thought they were doing badly in the beginning. Uh, and a little later yeah, on. Yeah, I saw kind of, the day one and day two were you didn't even get They were small. People. Yeah, very small. Uh, we'll, we'll bring Joe Costello in in a little bit, too, to talk about Las Vegas. He just got back from a long trip out there. Uh, not really poker-related in any way, but uh, we'll get an idea of what the city's like. But just to give you a few numbers, and I'll, I'll get into that, and then I want to talk about a hand from the Poker Players Championship. Uh, Thursday was 523 entries. Friday, 845. Then, kind of surprisingly, Saturday was only 600. So they got to Sunday, day 1D, and they did 2,550 players on Sunday. Yeah, I see. They almost doubled the field that day. Well, that day did more than the other, uh, what was it, the, the first three days themselves. Yeah, I think that put them around to 4,500 players for the tournament and then another, I guess, about 600 or so so far today. So uh, we'll keep you updated on what's happening. I can tell you the shocking news that just came over the wire. Daniel Negreanu is out of day one he is, is uh, pretty early in the day uh, he had pocket kings and uh, matched up against uh, a couple other players one he got one of them to fold but not both and he is out of the tournament now so uh what did he run into he he had pocket kings and ran into pocket aces the typical oh, the, he did run into aces all the right typical cooler that we uh, always hear about you know the number one cooler in the game and uh couldn't improve, and that was it. So you can't really blame him for what happened, but that's uh, the kind of thing that happens uh, in, in poker. Well, and I don't know if you've read up, but uh, we've also had McKeon, Raymer get knocked out, Joseph Chong, uh, a 
bunch of big names got knocked out early. Yeah, I saw that, and a lot of a lot of good ones moving along. But uh, you know, Stephen Chidwick and Chance Corneth and and uh, players like that. I also saw today uh, they had a few pictures from today's action, and I saw pictures of uh, Hayden Fortini, who now lives in Texas. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. he got married. He has had a baby. Uh, his uh, wife's name is Kim. Kim Stone, and she is a like an executive of the Lone Star Poker Tour. So they live out there in Texas, and uh, Hayden is playing today. Um, a few of our other friends are in the tournament. Maurice Hawkins also playing on day one, e and uh, still alive, but down from his original chip stack. Well, I know we talked about him a few weeks ago that he was having a deep run in one of the tournaments. I don't remember where. I think he finished... I think like it was ninth, maybe. 115th or something, right? Oh, no, I thought he got to the final table, but maybe not. Oh, maybe, well, we, he might. He could have been a different tournament, but yeah, I know very, one very that true. I was watching him at, he got knocked out 118th or 115th uh, in a big field, so. Rob Mizrahi uh, is also playing today. Okay. Well, let's see. You think, uh, you, so do you think we're going to hit 6,000? I think we I think we might hit six. No, I don't know. It'll be close. It'll be close around six thousand. I guess is pretty. I, usually, the last day of these of this tournament is where you get crazy numbers. Right. You know, and uh, but it, but it's it's still a freeze out, so it's not like people people can come back on another day and play. No, but but you know, last day, I I believe the last time in twenty nineteen, uh, it was a really crazy number. You know, it's like three thousand something people went in so uh if, if that surprise hits us then they're going to be uh they're going to be close to that 8500 from a few years ago right right exactly right now 5152 players are entered and still alive 3964 so moving right along and uh, we'll keep an eye on that of course tonight is uh, the last night of the opening sessions it's going to be on poker go so you can check that out uh, this evening in fact it may have already started right now i think it starts at 4 30 uh eastern time so i guess it, that's we're still a little bit away from that but um anyway um hawkins uh still playing and i see that he just lost a big hand uh and is down to thirty thousand chips so he's got half lost half his Not stack. Not half, half his stack, right. Uh, just looking at the hand, see if it's any interesting at all. They saw a flop was uh, four deuce of clubs and the eight of hearts. Uh, and on the river was also a club. Uh, and Maurice had two pair, fours and fives, but uh, the other player had eights and fours. So anyway. Keep an eye on, on what's happening out there. I did want to talk about a hand from the Poker Players Championship, and that was concluded earlier in the week. The winner was uh, Dan Jungleman Cates, who uh, won the tournament, uh, defeated a player named Ryan Lang, and third place uh, was Paul Volpe. But there's some big names made the final table there. Elia Lesra finished in fourth. So uh, some, some good... Uh, uh, big name players in that one, as you might expect, the $50,000 tournament. And I want to talk about one of the hands because it's really um, driven a lot of conversation on Twitter. I, I read a lot of the stuff today, and most of the people were just talking about what a bad, bad fold Lang made against Cates. And uh, I want to talk about the hand a little bit. Uh, 
and also the reaction, which I think is, is more significant to me, uh, how Ryan Lang reacted to people talking. But let's give you the hand first. Uh, they entered they entered the hand and uh, Lang had about 99.6 million, uh, maybe a little more than that. Kate's about 1.5 million. And still in the action was uh, <clears throat> Paul Volpe, who had about 6 million chips. But the two got head to head and uh, Lang raised from the small blind. Kate's called in the big. Uh, Lang check called a bet from Kate's. The flop was ace of clubs, seven of diamonds, jack of spades. Uh, so the check call came uh, after the flop, and then both players checked when the turn was nine of hearts. So it's really rainbow out there, but of course the ace is sitting out there. And then there was this king of clubs on the river. Uh, Lang bet, and Kate's raised all in for his last hot 900,000. And Ling thought about it for a while and folded. Now, at that point, probably shouldn't show his hand, really. Uh, I don't think there's any reason to show his hand unless he wanted to prove that he was making some kind of hero call. But he actually had the he best hand. He may have been trying to get a reaction out of the other one to see if he made the right call or not. Well, he did fold, he did fold it face up. So, uh, you know, it was uh, he had pocket aces or not pocket aces. He had ace five in, a, in his hand. There was an ace on the flop and Cates had a king in his hand, uh, showed his hand uh, king diamonds and queen of clubs and then got up and slammed the cards on the table and celebrated big time. And Ling talked about it afterwards that it just was a terrible play on his part and he admitted it, but he took. Unbelievable heat on Twitter from people. So I just wanted to first see what you thought about the hand. Uh, not a good fold there, obviously, with Hot Bear. Um, no, I mean, you know, did he give an explanation as to why he would fold that hand? Yeah, he did talk about it afterwards. I want to talk about that. He sent a very lengthy, he sent nine uh, tweets out in succession. I want to talk a little bit about that. But he talks about how so many people are talking about it. He said, a lot of people sent me very supportive messages, said, keep your head up. We all make mistakes. And he says, I have so much love for all of you for saying that. Uh, he said, some of you have never met me. Go out of your way to try to pick me up. He said, you are wonderful people, caring people. And, uh, you know, brings peace to his soul that there are people like that out there. The other people that say it was the worst fold in the history of poker. He said, I agree with you. Saying it was bad is an understatement. It was atrocious, abysmal, absolutely horrendous, bottom line. And then he says, let's start out with the fact that somehow I didn't even recognize that it was only half of a bet, even though it's still a pure call if it was a full bet. But I was sitting at home. Uh, if I was sitting at home, he says, watching poker go and saw someone make that fold, I would think it was terrible. So he said, so what can we learn from our mistakes? He said, first of all, let's just take ownership when we make a mistake. Everybody makes mistakes and you got to own up to it. He said, but stop picking on me. I made a terrible fold. I'm to blame. Don't say anything bad about Jungle Man. He said uh, he was absolutely drained by the end of that tournament. And he's no, said no doubt that physical fitness or lack thereof played a part, playing several long hours, several days in a row, especially against the elite players of the game. He said, and I'm not confident in and don't have the years of repetition and well of knowledge to fall back on is going to require a lot of endurance. So he's going to learn from it and look at some of the other ways other players play hands like that. And he said, 
Lastly, I said, I, I tell people and, and students and other people I talk with, don't be afraid to look stupid sometimes. He says, fear of doing something dumb hinders experimentation and growth. Look dumb, laugh about it, and move on. And he said, to some of my students, I'll show you how to do that in the days to come. Hopefully a deep run in the main is incoming or a win in some of the post limbs. So I thought it was pretty uh, you know, gracious of him to admit he played the hand poorly and to uh, talk about the good things that can come out of that. Absolutely. You know, and listen, the, the one part of that statement that you read there was everybody makes mistakes, right? Someone told them. So guess what? That's the truth. You know, you kick yourself in the ass. You agree. You're absolutely right. I was, you know, I was stupid for making that mistake. And I'm going to learn from it and go on. I, you know, Dave, at our age now, guys, you know, it's, uh, there are people out there that just, they're, they're miserable with their lives. And all they want to see is how many people they can bring down to their level. And, you know, seem to be pretty classy response to it. And once again, if you learn from it and you become a better player, guess what? <laughs> it, it might have been worth it, you know? He, yeah. yeah, he would have knocked him out of the tournament there. There's still no guarantee he would have won it, right? So for me, he answered that very classy, responded to it, owned up to his mistake. And, uh, you know, hopefully he'll learn from it and become a better player. Uh, let me ask you this, though. Even if he only lost 20% of his stack on that hand by going by making the call and with a chance to knock out the third play, uh, player in third place, uh, a very good player, obviously, that went on to win the tournament, uh, isn't it worth a shot to just go ahead and make the call? Yes, that's why he's kicking himself. Yeah. I, I think he made the, the, the decision to fold. Uh, I think he was fighting in his mind whether to make the call or fold. And got lost in the moment, Dave, you know, and you're there, three people and, you know, you, you, you you know, like they say, he he had a, one of those, what a brain fart at that moment, you know, for the amount of money that he had to bet to call it. Yes. You're going to have to show me that you got better than a pair of aces. Absolutely. Okay. Um, not being with him right there at the moment, you know, um, and I would love for him to understand because guess what? He still would have been beating himself up if he had not shown it to us. Eventually, he would have told somebody. Right. That's okay? true. But that's he, true. He would not have gotten this. At one point, you know, uh, if the outcome of the tournament is the same, okay, he would have said, you know, I had a chance to knock him out. I made a stupid, stupid play. But by then, he, you know, he would have replayed it you know, uh, done a thousand times thinking over it and, and, you know, and it would have been handled differently. You know, um, that's the part I, the only time I like to show a hand is if I, if I've got somebody on the table, there are players that love to rub it in other people's faces. You know, I like to have people guessing. And when I think that I've been, you know, that I've been read too much, at least when I was playing a whole lot, Dave, I would like to turn over some bluffers, sometimes, you know, monster hands and just have them to keep guessing. But I would, if I did that two or three times in a long session, that was a lot. 
Yeah. You know, I wanted people. To, uh, if I knew the the way they were thinking about me, I try to, you know, uh, make my game go in that direction and take advantage of of that view, knowing that at a certain point someone was going to get fed up with it, like we all do when we play somebody like that, and say, you know, this 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 a hole doesn't have the nuts every single time, or you know, so so you you're egging them on, and and for me. You know that that's how I used to play it, but you know I, I'm not in their their level of play. <laughs> yeah, I'm and everybody sitting play. everybody sitting home on Twitter can certainly have a lot of courage and they could make a lot of uh, judgments about this. But uh, possibly he was intimidated by uh, Kate's green hair. He had dyed his hair green, and he was wearing a uh, what they call a street. You don't get intimidated by anybody's hair. <laughs> and, and, and he was wearing. And he was wearing. That, you need to stay home. And he was wearing a Street Fighter vest, which is like a black vest with the uh, sleeves ripped off. So uh, it was kind of funny. Listen, listen, my response to those people is, yeah, I made a mistake. Oh, and by the way, how deep did you go in this tournament? (laughs) And not to mention, he's already won three bracelets in his career. So You you uh, know what I'm saying? That that would have been my response to some of those morons, you know. Oh, and how deep did you go, you know? Or how many bracelets do you own, you know? Exactly. Listen, when you when you get to my number, then you can start critiquing me and you know and and doing all these things, uh, you know. But again, uh, he owned up to it, and it, you know, I'm sure he's just going to become an even better player from that mistake. Because yeah, no one is tougher on you. Like I know when I made stupid mistakes in the past. Whether I shared them or whether, you know, admitted it at the moment just out of sheer shock or whatever, I was just so pissed off and I constantly was beating myself up and, you know, promising that I wouldn't make that mistake ever again. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure that he's done that a lot. Well, Cates wins uh, nine hundred fifty-four thousand for the victory, Lang uh, five hundred eighty-nine thousand for second, Paul Volpe four hundred four thousand for third, and rounding out that final table, Elia Lesra, Chris Brewer, and Josh Arier, who has won two tournaments this in this series, and well, gets a final table. Point. So he's having one of the best uh, series of his career. Uh, some. 17, 18 years after he made the final table against uh, Greg Raymer. Wow. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, uh, other tournaments, uh, keeping an eye on the tag team tournament finished up. We talked a little bit about that last week. Uh, Mike Reuter and Sammy Diglawi uh, won that title. Uh, Michael Newman, local player down here from South Florida, finished in fourth place with his partner, Robert Ormont. And uh, you can also tell you that Amanda Botfield played with her father, David, and they finished in third place. So that was a pretty interesting finish there for them. Uh, other tournaments, uh, we had the, uh, the seniors tournament uh, earlier that we talked about last week, but the se- super seniors finished up. Uh, let's give you the winner there. I got that here. Uh, super seniors went to Eugene. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Jean-Luc Adam, Jean-Luc Adam, who defeated, uh, Eugene Solomon for the title there to win 255,000, 65 and up, uh, for that one. 
And uh, they are continuing on with a few other tournaments. There's still several tournaments to go that will be uh, available for players that get knocked out of the main. So uh, Daniel Negreanu obviously will be back in action shortly, I think. But uh, some good stuff going on out there. And uh, we'll keep an eye on all of it. Uh, the Omaha High-Low 8 or Better Tournament, uh, we'll give you that one as well. Uh, it was won by Josh Arie. That was his second uh, win of the tournament of, of the series and collected 484000 So he's having an awesome time out there for sure. <laughs> sure is, with that amount of money. So very good. Uh, several other things to talk about. Uh, the news uh, from the hearing on Friday up in Washington, D.C. haven't got a whole lot of information about it, except that the judge was very critical of the U.S. government and the uh, Department of Justice, not so much the Department of Interior, but uh, of the research that they had done on the situation with the Seminoles. So uh, no decision came out of that. They kind of put that down the road for a few days. I don't know if we'll hear this week what's going to happen there. But the first week is in for uh, sports betting on the mobile app. So people that uh, got in there were able to bet on uh, NFL and college football this weekend. And they didn't get any numbers or anything like that. Hard to get that, but uh, uh, from what I've heard from people, is uh, technically it was uh, it was good for them. Good, it was easy to to place bets on the app, and so I can't believe that betters had a good weekend with uh, with the way I at least yeah. the NFL. <laughs> that was a very bizarre you, weekend. Uh, Bookmakers should have made a killing this week. Just, well, Buffalo just, lost just, to Jacksonville, and people were shocked about that, but they, uh, Jacksonville was getting over two touchdowns at home. Well, with the Buffalo game, Dave, you know, uh, you got big bettors who like to, you know, uh, just bet the game straight up and, and, and lay whatever odds that uh, that the bookmaker's asking. I got to imagine that game was easily 1,000 to win 100, uh, you know, with Buffalo with no line spread. Uh, more so, you know, your average better who loves to bet teasers was getting their ass handed to him with Buffalo. Same thing with Dallas. Dallas, I think, was what, about 10, 11 point favorite against Denver? And same thing. It did go up to 10. It did go up to 10. And then they there were down 13 nothing right out of the box. And I would imagine with Derrick Henry out and, and, uh, and everything, Tennessee had to be at least a touchdown yeah. dog, right? Yeah, seven and a half for that game. There you go. So, uh, without looking at those numbers, still got a little bit of that uh, <laughs> of that of that uh, handicapping thing. But you know, imagine that you're taking them in those in, in teasers. In my opinion, the bookmakers had to have made a killing in the NFL yesterday. Yeah, most so. likely. Uh, but hey, great! How, uh, is there a number as to how many people signed up for the app? Big thing? No, no, I haven't got any information on that, and, and I, I don't think they're going to release that. It was pretty much a soft launch because uh, they didn't want a huge amount of attention to it right away. So uh, while they're waiting on this other decisions to come through, I guess they're waiting for these, uh, you know, for court decisions to come down yeah. before they allow uh, betters to do it walk up over there. Yeah, I think so. I think that's that's pretty much the case. Have they set anything up in at the Hard Rock Dave? You know, similar to what we see in Vegas. You know, where no, uh, I really don't know what it's going to look like. From what I've been told, they're going to uh, take the area that they've been using for uh, uh, 
eventually they're going to be move into an area that they're using for the uh, Hard Rock Live comedy shows. But right now, I think they're going to start back in the ballrooms, so it's going to be away from the casino floor a little bit. Oh, wow. Okay. I was curious because, you know, the way they have their main poker room, you know, they really, those players don't have access to it. And, you know, if, if you recall in Vegas, most poker rooms are right near the sports book. You know, usually from a lot of the tables, you can see some of the games and the horse racing and, you know, whatever other paramutual sports are on. But, uh, you know, I don't see that unless they do some major construction over there at the Hard Rock. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, I'm just kind of waiting to find out what's going on, and I'm sure everybody else is as well. But uh, I'm sure people jumped on the uh, the mobile app right away. Uh, it says right on the app that you can only bet from inside the state of Florida. But, of course, uh, some of these lawsuits and, and, and uh, anti-gambling people are really worried about that. They can understand maybe that in the end <clears> – <throat> Bets will be allowed on Indian lands, but uh, they do not want it to be open to people around the state of Florida. You know, it's it's ridiculous, in my opinion. And I don't know. It's just because that's all. They want to just make it more difficult Mm -hmm. to to wager because they can't be concerned about, you know, uh, people making bets outside the state of Florida. Because, you know, we got how many states, Dave? Do you have any idea how many states are taking legalized sports betting now? They all have that same, you know, it's got to be within uh, the state uh, borders. So we know the GPSs are working. We've talked about how last year during the pandemic, you know, they had the tournaments. Uh, and they co-mingled what was in New Jersey with Nevada at that time. And players had to be in the state of New Jersey to be able to play in the tournament. So I don't see where that's going to be an issue. Can I okay. get in on this, Dave? Can I get in yeah, on this? Yeah, sure. Because Absolutely, I, well, I was just in Las Vegas for nine days, and I had a great experience. And we can get into that at a later time. But while I was there, my friends here were downloading the mobile app for the very first time. And so I was kind of in a group text uh, chain about their experience. Like, hey, oh, my God, the app is live. Get the app. Oh, did you get the app? Oh, I got the app. Oh, did you fund it? Yeah, I funded it. Did you make a bet? Yeah, oh, my gosh, I made a bet. I can't believe we're doing this. I can't believe it, right? And I was in Vegas, and I got to tell you, like, I, I stood there, and I was looking at the sports books, and I was thinking to myself, hmm, would I like to place a wager? Like, you know, maybe I would. Maybe I'd like to place I was like, really? I'm going to go there. I'm going to pay. I'm going to get a ticket. And then, you know, I got to come back. And I, I just thought to myself, the mobile app situation is by far the best situation for ease and convenience for the customer who is the gambler sitting at home. There's very little chance that if I'm sitting at home here in, in uh, Hollywood and I want to place a wager on the Dolphins that I'm going to get up and go and go to a, the window and do like, no, man, I don't have to gamble that much. Like, I just don't have to. But if I can just open up my phone and place a wager, absolutely I will. And so, you know, that's what they're trying to stop, right? They, they don't want it to be convenient. They want you to have to be, like, really motivated to get over there and gamble, which I think is actually uh, the worst for the business. I think that you, yeah, you make it— Yeah, there's no doubt about that. You uh, make it convenient. They, 
then the people who want to do it, do it. If it creates some sort of massive social problem where people are like, oh my gosh, I'm $10,000 in debt after a week, I placed a stupid wager. Well, that's, you know, that's a different thing. That's your problem. But that could happen with anything, right? Like online shopping. Oh my gosh, I bought $10,000 of stuff. I shouldn't have done it. Well, that's your problem, right? I don't know. I think that mobile app is by far the best way. Well, Joe, let me tell you something. It's not going to come as something new to sports bettors. I mean, you know, you'll forgive me, but, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of people in this state that are betting sports. Most of them are betting it on their computer. They've got accounts overseas. They've got a local bookmaker who's, you know, who gives them, you either call an 800 number, uh, you know, and you're connected somewhere, you know, out of the country or, or, or a website. Right. So it's none already of that happened. is going to be new. None of that is going to be new to them. The, I'll tell you what, Joe, since you were just there, you were there on Sunday, correct, for football? Yes. The Sunday before, and you, I know you left yesterday early, you said. Yeah, I was there the two Sunday Sundays before ago. you were there. Yes. And I'm sure you've been there many times. I don't know about you, but I remember the first Sunday I was ever in Vegas during football season. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I had forgotten because I knew I was there. I wanted to place bets, but my, my mind was, wasn't set up for the three-hour time difference. So I was with my family. We went to have breakfast around 9 o'clock, and we ate at a buffet. I don't remember what hotel I was in right now. I think it was the Luxor at that time. And it wasn't too far. We were walking by the sportsbook, and I'm going, why is everybody going crazy? And it dawned on me, oh, my God, the, the 1 o'clock games are about to kick off in 10, 15 minutes. And Big Dave, I'm sure you've been there, too. I don't know about you, but that excitement, you know, at least for the first time for me, and even though I had been betting for years, was quite thrilling. You know, it was it really was quite thrilling. And, you know, I, I believe with the Hard Rock, with the hotel, It'll create a, 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 a different type of atmosphere. Uh, and like you said, Joe, it is easier to bet on, the, uh, on online, but if you want to place a big wager and you don't have time to fund your account, you're going to go over there and place the wager regardless of how far you have to go. Well, exactly. And, you know, by the way, I think that you guys were talking about geofencing. If I'm a citizen of Florida and I have a Florida ID, I should be able to gamble from wherever I am. Right. Like what if I am a Florida person? I'm paying taxes in Florida. I'm doing my Florida thing. If I happen to be in Nevada and I want to spend some money in Florida, guess what? I should be allowed. Non-citizens, of course, should not. But, um, you know, this is all pie in the sky. Uh, The real thing is I'm just the reality of it is so shocking to me. Like this is real. Like we can sports gamble from our mobile phones before Monday Night Football. Like that's that's. That's progress. Like the way they did it, did they get enough money? Like was you know there there's going to be so much money from this guys. Like did they make a good deal? I am unsure. But the reality of being able to sports bet from a mobile device and not be in breach of the law, you're not a lawbreaker. Like what you just said, Joe, about everybody doing it. Totally agree. Everyone's yeah. doing it. Same with the pot. Right. Like everyone's smoking pot. Like Everybody smokes pot for the most part, like large percentages of people smoke pot. But they were breaking the law while doing it, which is not cool. Right. Same thing with the sports gambling. Everyone's gambling. They're all gambling. 
but they're all breaking the law and participating in something that if they get caught by the wrong person at the wrong time, they could have to fight it out legally. And now they don't. That's amazing. It is. It is. And think about it, Joe. This has been state by state, you know. The more progressive states got it, you know, right away, uh, you know, shortly after New Jersey did it. And, um, you know, and I agree 100% with you, uh, Joe. Guess what? If I pay taxes and my residency is in a particular state and they allow this, if I'm on business, on a vacation, I should still be allowed to make that wager. Yeah, well, that'll you know, happen. You go be- through a process of proving that you, that you legally reside in this state. Once it's been confirmed, you know, uh, by whatever agency, by whatever methods they want to choose to confirm that, and you open up your account, and let's assume you're going to use a certain phone. Maybe, maybe you say, okay, it's got to be always put through this phone number. Okay. You get a login. You get and a login, and they know your account. That. What is the difference whether you're in Florida yeah, or well, in California exactly. or in New York or in Montana? If it's you know, if it's coming from your phone, it doesn't matter where where in the U.S. you are, where in the world you are. You should be able to place that wager. Well, let me let me play devil's advocate then. Are you saying then if you live in Montana and you come down to Orlando for vacation that you shouldn't be able to bet? No. No, no, because you can walk <laughs> into the casino and bet. Not in Orlando. Right? Huh? Not in Orlando. No, well, no, not in Orlando. I'm sorry, not in Orlando. You, you'd have to go to Tampa. You'd have to go to one of the, the Seminole properties to place your wager. It's Well, put it this way, Dave. If you live in Montana, you live here in Florida, you go to Vegas, right? You go into the, forget Vegas, the state of Nevada, you could you could register to play online, the online, one of the online tournaments, correct? Right. You could do that. You and I could go over there, you know, make, set up an account, and while we are in, while we are, you know, in the state of Nevada, we're allowed to do that. I'm just saying I like what Joe says. It doesn't matter, you know, okay, uh, if I want to place a wager in Vegas or or in uh, New Orleans or Mississippi, I'm in one of their casinos. Walk walk down from my from my room and place the wager. But for states like ours and all the other states now, I don't know how many exactly it is that have legalized sports betting. I, I love Joe's idea. Yeah. Hey, prove that you live in the here in the state of Florida, and set up an account. And you can also do it where. If you lived in Montana, you came down here, you could set up an account. But since you can't prove that you're a resident here, they, I'm sure they've got you know ways of being able to do that. Absolutely. So that if your phone is not within the state, it won't enable you to be able to place a wager. Yeah. That'll come. By the way, that'll yeah. all come. This is this is we're in what the w- third week of this. There's all these court cases and wrangling that's going to happen. These things will be. Uh, they'll figure them out through various court cases. I'm not the first person to think about that. Someone will test it, right? And uh, and that'll be that. We'll we'll see. But it is very interesting that it has all happened. And yep. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, Joe, the only Listen. thing that I'm hoping is that it doesn't take as damn long as it's taken in this state in the time that I've been living here more than half my life now, that it's taken us to go from a quarter fifty cent ten dollar pot. A poker table game, which is just ridiculous, to then a, a, a week one-two game, you know, 
it's it still amazes me how some of the, you know how some of the people who run the state you know uh, in the past have thought about things. Hopefully, our leaders of present and and for the future will be a little bit more progressive in their thinking and and get this thing done one way or the other. Okay, well, let's head for a break. One last thing to think about, uh, you know, because we've been around this uh, for a long time. And uh, you can remember back when the vote came in 2005 to bring casinos to Florida that, uh, you know, there were so many anti-gambling people that were just screaming, yelling, oh, my God, prostitution, crime, it's just going to ruin our area. We're a family destination. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, the gambling is going to ruin it. Well, here we are 16 years later. And uh, it's done nothing but, uh, you know, uh, improve the state, really, financially and all the different things. Obviously, you know, there are some downsides and there are some negatives. But, uh, you know, these these people that cry wolf, the sky is falling, uh, whatever you want to call it. uh, It just doesn't seem to ever pan out in their direction. Exactly, Dave. Have you ever heard it in any of the states that gambling, whether through Indian casinos or through, you know, regular you know, like in, in Louisiana and Mississippi, you know, the world hasn't come to an end. Uh, the, the economy hasn't fallen apart in those places. And as you mentioned, what I keep telling people, gamblers are going to find a way to gamble. Drinkers, as we've known through Prohibition here, are going to find a way to drink. Drug users are going to do this. It, you know, if it's handled the right way, and, you know, and uh, supervised and, overse- you know, have the government oversee it and tax it the right way, you know, it, it should benefit society, the schools here, the lottery. How, you know, they always talk about how much money has gone to the schools with the lottery. You know, how much more can be going over there if, if they've been taxing, you know, online poker, the casinos, opening all of these things up, Dave. So. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree with you. Okay. Well, let's take a break here on the show. You can always pick up the show on uh, SoundCloud, on uh, Apple Podcasts, on uh, uh, Spotify, any of the places you get your podcasts, you can always pick us up. Poker Action Line. And we will take a break here on the show. We'll be back with some more about the World Series of Poker main event. Some of the people are still in. Some of the people are out. And we'll talk a little more about the uh, the seminal hearing that was on Friday up in Washington, D.C. When we come back, you're listening to Poker Action Line. We'll be back after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. 
As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. And their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... <laughs> Sometimes, though. <laughs> you don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. We need a new stuntman. Let's break for lunch. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Welcome back to show. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez, another edition of Poker Action Line. World Series of Poker playing day two from the people who started in versions A, B, and D. And they are currently playing 1E as well. So still today, 1E, tomorrow, 1F, and C, E, and F will play their day two uh, later in the next day or two. Uh, the chip leader from that early group was Mustafa Kanit. And, uh, you know, just looking down some of the lists, uh, Billy Baxter, uh, well-known old-timer, uh, is in the top 10, or just outside the top 10, I should say. Uh, David Baker, uh, Bakes, is in there as well. And if you look down the list, uh, you can see a lot of uh, big names playing along. Uh, Miami player uh, Angelko Andrzejewicz is uh, in the top 50 after that first day. And a few other of the current uh, bracelet winners are moving on. Cliff Josephy, I see, is a name that uh, pops out here at me. And a uh, whole group of players moving on. But uh, you're talking about, you know, 3,000 or so players still alive. So uh, still plenty of the big names still involved. Uh, with the six uh, opening sessions, we still don't think we're going to be much past 6,000. But uh, a lot of days still to go with some good TV coverage coming up in the future on CBS Sports Network. Uh, how much, uh, how invested are you, Joe, in this to uh, watch some of it as it moves along? Well, for the first time in a while, I've actually been looking up online, seeing some of the players, reading some of the updates on some of the hands. Um, I don't know if it's just because we didn't have it last year and I'm kind of missing it. So, um I'm going to, you know, when I do get the chance, you know, I will watch it. I, I wanted to tell you that the other day I was in my backyard having a cigar, watching, uh, I remember what game it was, but when it was over, I was just changing the TV, and I saw uh, 
a big poker tournament from a few years ago, and I and I actually was interested in watching it since I had no idea who won it, and uh, you know saw it to its conclusion, and I was laughing. I go, if Big Dave saw me watching this now, he'd call me <laughs> I keep telling him that I don't like watching these things. But, um, yeah, you know, that it was long enough ago that I didn't know, and, and I was interested in the style of play that they were doing it, and, uh, yeah, got into it. I actually watched the whole hour, the whole episode, until until they got to the end of the hour and, and, and a winner uh, in that particular tournament. And I've been interested in watching who's moving on. I've actually scrolled while we've been doing our show for the last few weeks as, as the WSOP events have been going on and looking up some of these. Uh, so I'm a lot more interested this year than I've been in quite a while, quite, quite a time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, a lot of local players. You know anybody that's out there right now that you're, you would be uh, railing at all? I see. Uh, no, not right now. Not right now. I would. I, I was going down the list to see if I could find a name, um, you know, um, that I could, you know, kind of have a a faraway rooting interest for. But uh, I haven't found it yet. Doesn't mean it's not there because we still got to go through comb through a couple of thousand people. So uh, I see Allison Hollander, who I believe is Jesse's wife. Uh, she is uh, has a good first day out there. She's from Jacksonville, the assistant uh, poker room director out there at Best Bet. Uh, she is going. Uh, a few other names that uh, I ref- recognize: local player here, Dmitry Perfilev, uh, one of the Russian players that plays in our regular game out at the uh, at the Dania Casino. Uh, he's from Aventura. He had a good first day. Uh, Mark Newhouse had 143,000 chips after that first day, which is about mid-pack. Um, let's see, whoever, other players that we keep an eye on, uh, you know, I always look for the Florida names to see if there's anybody we really know well, but I don't see too much. Scott Baumstein, the former uh, main event champion, 134,000. And uh, a few others, but uh, I was talking with Al Gomez. I don't think he was going to play, but uh, we probably have a few other South Florida people that made the trip and a few others we're going to catch today or tomorrow. Well, I'm hoping some of them stayed around and would like to play at a much smaller event for a thousand this coming Sunday at my place. So uh, with with the tournament that I got coming up uh, with a limited field. For this coming Sunday, so that's this Sunday, okay. Uh, Ian O'Hara from uh, Coconut Creek uh, doing well. Uh, I see Jerry Yang's name in there, so uh, good to see him in action. Uh, Stephen Chidwick, a few others, and uh, Elkie Gross Pellier also uh, doing pretty well out there. Well, I'm glad you know there are a lot of great names that we've talked about for all these many years that we've been doing the show, but uh, you know. I'm still very curious to see how many people enter this and what the final number is for the for whether there's that huge rush at the end for, for the what is it one F is the last day correct that that's tomorrow yeah tomorrow correct. so let's see what happens and let's see who finishes out on that day too that's like you said that's that is kind of crazy isn't it that some people are already in day two and others are you know only a couple of levels into day one. Well, there was, uh, you know, and I think uh, I think day two, I think you could still re-enter or, or not re-enter, but you can actually enter the event early in the day on day two. So uh, uh, Mike Mattisau was making a big deal about that, talking about how 30 percent of the field is already out and you got people still registering for the first time, which is uh, I guess there's a point to that. 
Yeah, there is. Um, but they're trying to get as many dollars. <laughs> yeah. As many dollars in the pool as they can. So. Um, Which he was I'm kind enough to point out. Next... Point out to the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm curious how many of the changes they've made this year are going to go, you know, going forward are going to stay stick around. So let's see what happens. Absolutely. Um, Matt Waxman still alive. Alan Kessler, the chainsaw still in there. So, uh, you know, a lot of stuff to look forward to. Uh, and you can catch a lot of that if you want on uh, poker go uh, this evening. One E is being covered. One F is not, but they'll be moving on to day two and then a few other tournaments as well. So uh, James Woods is a guy. I see his name here. He has been running very deep in many events, so he's really playing some good poker. The the actor James Woods. Uh, what's that? The, the other actor that's done well in the past. Uh, Ray Romano. Brad oh, Garrett. Comedian. Brad yeah, Garrett. Not Brad Garrett or or, or uh, Ray Romano. What was the other one's name? Uh, uh, oh, uh, Kevin uh, Pollock. Kevin, that's Kevin Pollock. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see his name. I see Josh Pollock. But uh, not Kevin Pollock. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Uh, we got several other things happening. Oh, by the way, uh, also advancing to day two was uh, Doyle Brunson. Oh, good. I'd love to see that. See if he makes a big, deep run. That, wouldn't that be something at his age, huh? That would that would be incredible. That would really be <laughs> Okay. Well, there uh, you go. Now you're talking about rooting for somebody. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. There I hear you. you. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, kind of an interesting story, is uh, this fellow wanted to set a record uh, out there for uh, playing, um, you know, the most poker straight through. His name is Zach Gensler, and uh, he has now applied to the World Series, not the World Series, the uh, World Record, Guinness World Records, for playing for 124 straight hours nonstop out at the wow. uh, uh, Resorts World in Vegas. 120 hours, did you say? 124. Oh, my God. Breaking the record held by Phil Locke, who played 115 straight hours. But he started on uh, October the 27th and uh, played for, uh, I guess it was about four and a half days, uh, stopped on November 1st at 7 p.m. Wow. About five days straight. Yeah, well, five days gets you to 120, so he did more than five days if he got to 124. So, wow. People, people will wonder how he did. I don't know what he started with as far as cash goes, but I know when he finished, he was said they said he was down to uh, $1,200. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you're, I don't know. I, I think the longest I've ever stayed up, for, let alone played poker and having to concentrate on anything has been like 30-something hours. And you guys done longer than that? No. In fact, the over-under was only 85. Wow. <laughs> Joe, have you ever stayed up any longer than 30-plus hours? Very unhealthy to do that, no. <laughs> very unhealthy. Very bad for your body, very bad for your system. Things can happen that you don't even realize are happening. He may pay. He could drop dead. Seriously, 120 straight hours, you know, that's the kind of thing, if in a month he dropped dead, we would all be like, ah, that's why. Yeah. That's pretty you know, dumb. Again, like you said, just staying up that long is unhealthy. Can you imagine trying to, to think straight and, and gamble? 
Yeah. I, I can't even imagine that. No, no. He's, no, very unhealthy, very bad for you. And uh, what is he, middle-aged guy? How old is this dude? Uh, I don't have it. has got to be in his 20s. Yeah, I'm going to try to walk 100 miles. Very bad. I'm going to try to eat 100 hot dogs in an hour. Yeah, bad. All that stuff, extreme stuff, bad. Go ahead and do it. I'm, just, I'm not advocating it, but I think it's dumb. He looks like early 40s, maybe. Yeah. Oh, early 40s. All right. Well, all I know is that my longest session ever of gambling was just under 20 hours. And I'm telling you, those last four or five hours were brutal. And uh, I I can't even imagine that. I really can't. See, I've got all the gambling I've done from when I was a teenager to, you know, I haven't done it as much over the last few years, but man, I can't even think about that. I got the short attention span, like whatever scenario you can imagine, like put me. In uh, you know, with a harem of beautiful women with heels and drinks and everything, you know, in like six, seven hours, man, I'm probably starting to get bored. I don't know, uh, gambling, like being in any situation, whatever the situation is, whatever it is, after six, seven, eight hours, I don't know, man. I think I need to switch. I got to switch it up a little bit. Joe, Joe, you just reminded me. You guys know this this uh, comedian Rita Rudner. Yes, she used to open up for Julio Iglesias many, many, many years ago. I saw her in Atlantic City when she was just starting out, and for uh, for Julio Iglesias, and then she she did a special once, and I was laughing so hard. She was talking about how some woman was in labor for twenty hours. She goes. I can't fathom that. She goes, there isn't anything I like to do that I'd want to do for 20 Nothing. Hours. 20 hours. <laughs> concerts. These people who go to concerts, right? Like, the, you know, Lollapalooza. Yeah, it's all day. It's going to be 18 hours. No, thank you. Like, 18, I don't care who's playing 18 hours. I don't want to be there. I, I agree 100%. Sorry. I agree 100%, man. You're that getting me in awesome. a very, I'm in a, I just we spent nine days in Vegas, guys. So I'm a yeah. little, you know, I'm different, too. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> nine days in Vegas. But you weren't gambling all the time. You know, you were working. You you were splitting up your day. I'm sure you were hanging out with some friends and Wait co-workers out there. How many hours so. did this guy go, Dave? 124. Okay, so now was there a break in between that he, he got, he got, he got Yeah, he got some 15 minute breaks See, like every couple hours. That's five five days straight. This guy went. Five days yeah, straight, a work days. week, a Monday through Friday, just stayed awake and just gambled at a table for a whole work week. Really? That's that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Not a whole work week. <laughs> yeah. A whole week, because a whole work week would be 40 hours. Yeah. So. No, no, this is right. This is 24 hours a day, Monday through there Friday, 5.1 hour, days. Well, let's hope let's hope he has no health issues from this man. If this guy drops dead in the next six months, this is why. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I'm absolutely. sure there are people I'm sure there are people that have made bets on that, as sad as that sounds. Yeah. Does is that on the app? I'll download the app to place that wager. You know? So oh, man, it's it really is crazy. I, it, uh, Dave, thanks for bringing that up. That, 
that filled <laughs> in our last 10 minutes of the show here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well we got a, we got a few minutes to go, so let's go back to the Florida Compact uh, hearing up in D.C., which uh, finished on Friday. Spent most of the day uh, arguing with the Department of Justice lawyers. Uh, the judge really found fault with them and said that, uh, you know, why are you not prepared and why are you not uh, coming up with the the proper answers to the questions that we need answered? And, uh, you know, they, they wait, wait, basically. Dave, I'm sorry. Who who was he? Who was the judge addressing? Uh, the Department of Justice lawyers who are representing the Department of the Interior. On behalf of the Seminoles? No, on behalf of the of the, of the government, they're suing. They're suing uh, the Department of Interior, the uh, the the Magic Spitty people, and the uh, other ones, trying to block this thing because they said it's going to cause their personal business, uh, you know, negative uh, ramifications, and uh, you know the, that they shouldn't even be approving this. Okay. So the judge was uh, scolding the lawyers that were representing the Department of Interior right. for not being prepared to answer those questions. Right. And uh, he said, I cannot believe that you would actually use uh, stalling techniques to try to put this thing off. He said, you've had enough time to go through it. Uh, you know, it, it's just ridiculous. And uh, meanwhile, the lawsuit from Magic City aside says that the sports betting plan is legal fiction because federal law does not authorize bets that occur off the tribal lands. Wow. Okay. Well, looks like this is going to get serious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And during one exchange, the lawyer for, uh, for the, for the uh, department of the interior said, uh, I don't have an answer to that question for you today about the tribal lands thing. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, that's the crux of the whole matter. So we'll see what happens. Uh, they got through. The judge has not made any sort of ruling. And uh, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, the, this is definitely is going to be going on for a little bit. So I, th I think so. Well, we'll see what yeah. happens. Uh, let's go ahead and wind the show down here. Uh, are we good with that, Joe? Yeah, you can do whatever you want to do. You can do whatever you want to do, man. Okay, I guess we don't really have enough time to talk about your Vegas trip any more than we did. Uh, but uh, uh, just real quickly, can, two you, can you just tell us what the what the uh, atmosphere was like out there, the weather, and uh, you know, did you did you hear a lot of talk about the World Series of Poker? Yeah, I heard. I did hear some talk about the World Series of Poker since I was on the strip, and that's going on on the Rio. It was its own thing, but there were some poker characters out there. You could definitely see them and when i'm out there i'm people watching and also listening to other people's conversations as i kind of walked around the first uh, couple of days were tough because i was kind of getting over a cold so i stayed in stayed to myself but uh you know mid-trip i you know switched hotels from uh, weston to the luxor and started going out and hitting restaurants definitely the city is a buzz man it's coming back in big time and just since the last time i was there in september Till now, there was more going on. Yes, there is some blight in the streets, you know, some homeless folks uh, sitting under the stairs and whatnot. But there were a lot of people there. The restaurants were full. Uh, all the attractions were full. Our race out there was full. It was good. There was a lot going on. 
and people seemed generally happy. There were some protests in the street, you know, anti-vaccination people were kind of rabble-rousing and trying to uh, disrupt uh, people, you know, who are eating in their, you know, dining on the side of the road and like those sidewalk cafes and whatnot. They were kind of coming by with their signs, yelling at people, disrupting my, you know, my body, my choice, that kind of stuff. But other than that, it was it was a good time. And you can feel the energy coming back. The customer service was better than my previous experience. Those of you who are listeners may recall I said that it was hard to get people to do stuff. They seemed understaffed. No, they seemed mostly staffed. I did have a tough time getting a cab at 2.30 a.m. to go to the airport on Friday, on Saturday morning, Friday night, Saturday morning, which was surprising. The cab line was really long because there were no cabs running. But I got an Uber, got an Uber right away. And there are people out there working, trying to hustle and uh, make it in the world. So I got to say, man, Vegas, two thumbs up again. It was a good time. Yeah, nine days is too long. Don't stay in Vegas nine days, guys, unless you have to. But when you come out, you'll be a different person. You know, you will be changed as a man, as I am, my experience. I'm sure it got nice and cool at night. Uh, Normally, when they have the World Series of Poker, it's 116 degrees during the day. So I'm sure you didn't have much of that. It was beautiful. The weather every single day was beautiful. But the problem was they closed the swimming pool November 1st during the week. It's only a weekend thing starting on November 1st. So here I go to the Luxor where I'm staying. I'm put up there, and I'm like, I want to go to the pool, right? And they're like, no, we closed it today. It's Today is the day it's closed. You're screwed. <laughs> so I was very upset about that. Um, but it was it was good. It was like, again, a fantastic trip, nine days, Vegas. I won 500 bucks on a penny slot right away. I uh, sat on the winnings. I felt real happy with it. Uh, great, ate some great food, great meals, great times, great, great, great great it's a great place for sure okay we'll report more on the world series of poker we should be well along the way uh when we do the show next but uh, thanks for being with us today joe thank you uh from your uh lovely palatial uh state down in uh, south dade and uh, i will see you soon good luck with your tournament that's coming up this sunday correct thank you thank you for anybody out there listening once again, thousand dollars, twenty-five thousand guaranteed uh, prize pool, twelve-five for the winner. Final table of seven gets paid, and um, twenty-eight and uh, max players at any time. So, if you're interested, give us a call there at Casino Miami Poker Room, and uh, just come down and register for the tournament this Sunday at one o'clock, November fourteenth. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. We'll uh, catch you next week as we move on in the World Series of Poker main event. Still plenty of things to come. Uh, We're not going to have a Daniel Negreanu championship this year, but uh, certainly a lot of big-name players still involved. I think uh, Helmuth waiting to the last day to play tomorrow. So uh, we'll check that all out tomorrow. Good luck to Doyle Brunson and all the big names uh, that we follow over the years. And we'll be back with some results for you next week on uh, several different tournaments, if not the main, but we should be getting close to a final table uh, in about a week or so. That's going to do it. We'll catch you next week on another edition of Poker Action Line. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 